So, when did you fall in love with hip-hop? I basically fell in love with hip-hop, you know what I'm saying? When cats first started going out to the parks, you know, with the two turntables, the mic. I think it was 1977. People are rocking in the parks. I can remember back in the Bronx. 1979. Set up some turntables in front of the building. It was getting the power from the street lamps outside. Plus it up into the street pole. MC and DJ and B-Boy and breakdancing. Breakdancing or popping beats or rhymes, you know. I was in love with it. Probably about 12 years old, man. And I was watching Wild Style. It was creative, it was new, it was fresh. Breaking, the rapping, battling. Just the whole culture period. The band by the show. Africa Islam show. It was just like our way of expression. Hip hop spoke directly to me because, you know, it, it was speaking from a language that the people I was dealing with was speaking in. And I loved it as soon as I, as soon as I got introduced to it. I was gonna be dealing with hip hop whether I, I wanted to or not. Like a forced marriage, it was, it was predetermined. And I heard Eric B's president, and that kind of changed my life. I heard the message, Melly Mel. There was a rapper named Eddie Chiba, who was one of the pioneers. When I first heard Sugar Hill Gang. The rapper's delight. The rapper's delight that set it off for rap music. Funky Four plus one more. Plus one more, you know what I'm saying? Furious Five, Freedom. Running them and Houdini Freestyle and Sucker MCs by Run DMC. Sucker MCs Live. Grandmaster Flash on the wheels of steel. Grandmaster Cass from the Cold Crush Brothers. Cold Crush. Cold Crush. Cold Crush. Grandmaster Flash. Treacherous Three, Body Rock, Spoonie G, Love Rap. The first time I heard Rebel Without a Pause. Eric B and Rakim. And APMD and them. I, I gotta say, Public Enemy as a group. You know, classics, bangers. I mean, to this day, they bangers. I just loved what it, what it sounded like. And I love what he was saying, you know, the whole slick tongue thing. I felt like these, these dudes, if the truth, forget everything else you heard on the radio and all that. This is it. This is what I want to do. I was in. It was freedom. Yo, it's your man 12, Kyle, and I'm sitting here and I'm thinking about when I fell in love with hip-hop. I remember it like it was yesterday, literally. I can still hear the beats banging right now in my ears. It's coming back to me. I feel it. I never let the mic magnetize me no more, but it's biting me, fighting me, inviting me to rhyme. I can't hold it back. I'm looking for the line, taking off my coat, clearing my throat. The rhyme will be kicking in till I hit my last note. My rhyme remains a fine, all kind of ideas. Self-esteem makes it seem like a thought took years to build, but still say a rhyme after the next one. Prepared, never scared, I'll just press one. And you know that I'm the solo whiz, so Eric B, make a clap to this. Bug out of chill or be acting ill. No tricks in 86, it's time to build. Eric be easy on the cut, no mistakes allowed. Cause to me, MC means move the crowd. I made it easy to dance to this. But can you detect what's coming next from the flex of the wrist? Say indeed, then I proceed. Cause my man made a mix. If you bleed, he won't need no band aid to fix his fingertips. So I'm rhyming to there's no rhymes left. I hurry up because the cut'll make him bleed to death. But he's kicking it. Plus, it ain't no half stepping. The party is live, the rhyme can't be kept inside of me. So when did I fall in love with hip hop? Man, it was the summer of 1986. I remember it like it was yesterday, right? I was in New York City with my family, visiting family. And um, 
I never forget, man. It was me and my mom. We're walking down the street and I heard uh, this song playing from a car that was parked along the side of the street, right? And I'm hearing what is now Eric B for president on the radio. And I just remember hearing Rakim's voice. I came in the door, said it before. I never let the mic magnetize me no more. And I started, as I was walking with my mother, I walked away from her and started walking towards the car because I had to hear what it was that was coming off that radio. And my mom stopped and she turned around and she said, boy, come on back over here. And I, I, I kind of blacked out. I wasn't really even listening to what she had to say. I was just mesmerized. And the guy was sitting in the passenger side. He was just sitting there bobbing his head. He didn't even pay me any attention. I was just mesmerized by the sound because I'd never heard anything like that before. I don't get it twisted. I heard rap before. I had heard rap music before. I'd heard rappers before. Uh, I grew up in an era where I heard, you know, Sugar Hill Gang, Curtis Blow. I heard, you know, everybody knew Rapper's Delight at this time. Again, this is 1986. So it's not like it's new to me. I'd heard of Curtis Blow. Uh, at that particular time in 86, my favorite hip hop group or rap group, if you will, was Run DMC. King of Rock changed everything for me. But I didn't fall in love with the music and genre. I mean, I was really, really getting attached to it once Run DMC dropped. Um, But for me, Eric B for president is what sealed it for me. That's when I fell in love with hip hop. 1986. Long before there was any girls, anything to come into my life. It was hip hop. And it was fresh, it was something new, it was something that was exciting, something that spoke to me. And here's the thing, everybody can tell you about their introduction to hip-hop. Every, every hip-hop head has a story just like mine. They can tell you the first artist that they listened to, they can tell you the first tape or CD that they bought. We all have a story. And that's a part of being a hip-hop head. That's a part of being immersed in the culture. You preserve it, you love it, you live for it. For me, it was just that first, that was like the first thing that just really pulled me in was Eric B for president. And the funny thing is, is that all I heard the guy on the radio say was Eric B. I didn't hear the Rakim part, so... Later that, you know, that that summer, once I came back to South Carolina, where I was where I was living, I told my boys like, yo, you got to hear this new Eric B. This dude is nasty. He's dope. (laughs) I had no idea who Rakim was. (laughs) And again, this is 86. So, you know, it, it was different. There was no MTV. Well, actually, there was, but there was no rappers on MTV. Um, There was no BET. Not like that. So I said that to say this, every fan of hip hop should be able to tell you if they love the music and if they're in love with the culture and and what it what it all entails, they can tell you when they first fell in love with hip hop. I know that was it for me. That was when I first fell in love with hip hop and I've been in love with hip hop ever since. 
And I love watching the movie Brown Sugar because it references, you know, hip hop and it, it also intertwines the relationship of uh, two friends who grew up uh, in the culture and in the music that, you know, happened to find out that their love for hip hop extended into their love of love for each other. So I love that movie. One of my favorite movies. Um, and I'll say this, man, and, and I don't. I can only speak on the era that I grew up in. I grew up in the golden era, right? So when I'm coming up in the 80s, it was just dope, man. I mean, because there was so much there. I mean, like there was so much out there and everybody, I think one of the great things about being in the in the golden era was that all of the MCs, all they wanted to do was get heard. That's it. They wanted to get their music played on the radio. If they were fortunate enough to make a video, they wanted their videos to make it so people could see who they were. So you could put the the, the, the hearing part with a visual medium. And that was it. I mean, like it wasn't it wasn't really a lot to it, but everybody loved it. I mean, like well, at least everybody that I hung out with loved it. I mean, it was just it, it was I guess the best way that I can describe hip hop in the golden era was it was really like a drug. I mean, like you had to have it every single day. We live for it. We literally lived for it. And every time somebody introduced something new to us, that made it even better because it was like, hey, man, have you heard this? Oh, this is dope. You got to hear this. That was just that was what hip hop was all about. And I remember vividly people having discussions about what it was or what it wasn't, what rap was, because it wasn't referred to as hip hop back then, it was rap. And <laughs> I distinctly remember people coming out saying, oh, well, it's just a fad, it's just like disco, it's just like breaking, it's only gonna be around for a couple of years. Really? <laughs> Look at hip hop now. Look at rap now. It's far more than a fad. I mean, it's 40 plus years old. Hip-hop is older than most of the people who will listen to this podcast. Hip-hop is almost as old as I am. I'm 43. It's been around for a long time and it's not going anywhere. Hip-hop will never die. I think, you know, for for a while, you know, there was the narrative, you know, hip-hop is dead. Hip-hop is never dead because hip-hop honestly lives within the listener. So in that theory, hip hop lives in me and it lives in you. Um, now, what you call hip hop, or what you call rap, you know, it's two different things. And, you know, everybody has what they like. Everybody has what they don't like. And I'm not even going to get into that on this podcast. But just understand that it wasn't supposed to stick around this long. So you have this budding art form that I'm falling in love with in 1986. And then you're just getting a good feeling every time that you check it out, every time you listen to a new tape or any time you, you see a video or anything like that. Or anytime your man comes over your house and like, yo, you got to hear this. It made it that much better. It was already dope, but it was the drug that you couldn't stop getting high off of. At least I couldn't. And it kept calling me and it kept calling me. And to this day. Many, many years later, it's still calling me. 
And that's one of the reasons why I fell in love with hip hop because it was it was so authentic. It was that drug that you had to have. And for lack of a better term, I'm addicted. I have always been addicted. And many of you listening, you're addicted too. And that's okay. It's a great addiction to have. But that's what hip hop is. It's a beautiful thing. It's a beautiful thing. But it's how you look at it. It's what you take from it. That's just one of the reasons why I fell in love with hip hop. Another reason why I fell in love with hip hop because it was always interesting how we got our music, right? <laughs> I mean, think about it like this. Again, I'm gonna take you back to 1986. There was no internet. <laughs> as hard as that may be for some of you to believe, there was no internet. Videos, you you were very lucky if you got your video on, you know, well, I don't know, video jukebox or something like that. PET really didn't have the videos popping just yet. In, 19, in 1986, MTV was playing videos, but they damn sure weren't playing any rap videos. Yo, MTV raps had not debuted yet. So how do we get the music? Couple ways. One of the ways that we got our music was through the record stores. Funny little novel concept, place where you would actually go buy records and tapes. Record stores pretty much don't exist anymore, at least not like how they used to, but it was so dope, man, because you, you fell in love with hip hop. And a lot of times, I know just for me on a personal note, I could go to the record store and didn't didn't necessarily have to have any money because a lot of times I didn't. But I would go in the record store and just browse the record collection. And you're looking for just different rappers. Who, whoever had the dope album cover. I mean, like if you had a dope album cover, man, we would just stand there and just me and my boys, we would go in record stores and just look at album covers all day. Like I said, we didn't have the money to buy records, but we, you know, a lot of times we just just stare at the album cover. I mean, like I, I, I can even think about like LL's album cover when he was standing on the hood of the car. I mean, like that was just so dope. I mean, like who does that? I mean, you, it's already the, it's already one thing that you're making this groundbreaking and, and I, I don't know if they necessarily knew it was groundbreaking but this groundbreaking music and you got this guy standing on the hood of a car i mean like how defined is that that's the ultimate f you <laughs> i mean but it was dope it was dope and i mean like if you think about it just think about the 80s and even up to now a lot of times, and I know, you know, things are a lot different now because, you know, everything's digitalized. I don't even know if people even buy albums anymore, right? But the thing about it is, is that a lot of it has to do with the presentation because for a lot of people, that's the first, the visual art is the first thing that they see. So if you've got a dope album cover, that can go a long way. If you've got, <laughs> and you know, a couple of guys figured out, hey, if you put a half-naked woman on, on an album cover, that could take you even further. Shout out to Ice-T and two live crew. <laughs> Incredible album covers. Nevertheless, I mean, that was how we got the music, through record stores. You would go to the record store and, you know, a lot of times, man, you were buying music sight unseen or heard. You know, 
I remember I was I went to the record store with my man Jay Fresh. Shout out to Jay Fresh, big big hip hop head. We go to the record store and, and Jay Fresh picked out this record, and I never forget the guy's name was Schoolie D. <laughs> and I'm like, yo, what, what are you about to do? He's like, man, I'm gonna buy this record. I'm like, why? He was like, cause it's Schoolie D. And I mean, he said it like I'm supposed to know who the hell Schoolie D was. I had no clue who Schoolie D was. But Schoolie D had a dope name, Schoolie D. I mean, like if you were fresh or if you were ski or D or B, I mean, like <laughs> those were, you know, some real dope nicknames back then. So he bought the album. Didn't know what PSK meant or anything like that. And it was dope. And that's what we did. We went to record stores and we just copped the music and then we learned to appreciate it from there. Now, you know, sometimes it could bite you in the ass, but for, for the most part, it didn't because everybody was pretty much putting out good music. I mean, very good music. Another way that we heard or, or that we got our, our rap and hip hop was through word of mouth, right? I told you the story about, you know, Eric B and Rakim hearing Eric B for president for the first time. Well, I go back and I tell my homies, yo, you got to hear this guy named Eric B. Now, again, I heard this in New York City during the summer of 86. I go back to South Carolina. Nobody's playing Eric B for president on the radio. Nobody's nobody. When I go back, nobody's even heard of it. You know why? Because music didn't travel like like the music really pretty much stayed up north. And then it would slowly but surely trickle down south. And I mean, we're in South Carolina. We don't know anything. We, we don't have access to anything. And one of the ways that I used to get a lot of my music was the guy who lived a couple of doors down, a couple of houses down on my on my street. He had family in New York City. So his cousins would record like Mr. Magic, Red Alert, all of their shows on the radio. He'd send, you know, make tapes and send the tapes down and mail the tapes down south to his cousin. And then I go cop a dub, which is <laughs> for you young people. What that means is you cop a dub because you get a tape, get a uh, get a cassette tape and you basically would dub what that other person had on their tape. Right. So that was always dope. Getting a, getting a dub from somebody, one of your boys. I mean, that was always really, really cool. So. We got a lot of our music through word of mouth. And I just thought that was so cool, man, because if I liked something and I basically stood on it and said, look, this is tight. You need to get that run DMC because it's banging. If I said that and you respected my opinion as a fan, you were going to get run DMC. No questions asked. Because you know why? Because I said so. That's why. <laughs> it wasn't like, yo, that's whack. You don't need to get that. Nah, if I said go get Run DMC, bruh, you were going to get Run DMC. And that's how it was. And we relied on each other. And later on, you know, the source came about. And, uh, you know, for people like myself, you know, heavy readers of the Source magazine, the Source was like the Bible. Like if the Source said an album, if the Source, you know, co-signed for an album then you copped it because you knew that the source wasn't playing as far as um you know how good an album was or wasn't but yeah man record stores and word of mouth there was no internet there was no downloading there was no streams 
that's how we relied on it. And and that that created a level of authenticity. And it also created a level of demand as well. Because trust me, if your cousin or your friends or whomever in New York City or up north said that, or your your family in Philadelphia said that this this was tight, you wanted to get your hands on it. <laughs> trust me, you wanted to get your hands on it. Because if you got your hands on the music and nobody else had it, then you know you were kind of you got props for that. You were you know it, it was it was it was like I said, it was a certain level of exclusivity. I mean, it was just dope. It was great times. Those are that, that's just a couple of reasons why I fell in love with hip hop because you know we had to go we had to go above and beyond to get the music. And once you got the music, and it was it was dope. I mean, it's it's just like. <laughs> I'm gonna use the drug the drug reference again. It's just like getting high. Like you you're gonna at that particular time, and I kid you not, at that particular time in the 80s, you were gonna do whatever you could to get your hands on new music. If you were a fan as big of a fan as I was of the music. I mean, now don't get me wrong. Personally, I listened to you know the Michael Jacksons and the Princes and the Everything else that was on MTV, I listened to even pop. I listened to pop at the time. But hip hop was something different. Rap was something different. It was something new. It was raw. It was edgy. It was funny. You know, it was a lot of things. But it was our culture. It was people and that looked like me and talked like me and used words like dope and stupid and fresh and <laughs> whack. And we created slang and we created a, 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 a certain aura and image of that. Now, again, this is my story. I understand that everybody else has a different story based on the time in which they came up. But I think we all kind of fall in love with hip hop or fell in love with hip hop for different reasons. You ask 10 people when and how and why they fell in love with hip hop, you'll get 10 different answers. Here's mine. Another reason why I fell in love with hip hop was hip hop allowed you to establish bonds, right? I mean, it, it, it brought men and women together, friends. Um, some of the best memories I had and have of listening to music back then is just... Man, you cop a tape or you get a record, you go to your boy's house. And man, and, and like, I remember getting tapes and going to my boy's house and we would pop the tape in and we would listen and we would sit there and almost just stare into obscurity. We're staring at this boom box <laughs> as it's playing this loud music and we're just mesmerized at what is going on. We're vibing off that high, if you will. This is another drug reference. <laughs> it established bonds, man. I mean, like, and what made it even better was is if your boy liked Run DMC, you like Run DMC. If your boy liked Kid and Play, you like Kid and Play. If your boy liked NWA, you like, I mean, it was, and so forth and so on. Latifah, Light, whomever, it didn't matter, right? It established bonds. It, it, it strengthened friendships. Because 
you and your man, you are you you guys are already tight, but now things get a little bit tighter because you have some you find that you have something else in common, a particular love for music, a particular love for this music, this new thing called rap, this new thing hip the hip hop culture. You love it. And what makes it even better is that your friends love it. What could be better? There wasn't anything better, really, to be honest. Because when you were sitting there listening to the music, you're listening to the music and you're, like I said, you're 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 getting high and your buddy's right there getting high with you. <laughs> you're getting high together, getting high off rap and hip hop. And it was dope, man. It was dope. And it, it made you, like I said, it made you closer. And then as the the genre progressed when we got to really really getting into gear and clothes oh man it was crazy and i'm gonna tell you why it was crazy because when your boy dressed like he was you know (laughs) in a hip-hop video you wanted to dress like that too and then we saw these album covers guys with these sweatsuits and sneakers and gold chains We wanted to look just like that. Just like that. So what do we do? We did the same thing. And it was dope. And everybody loved it. You know, not not to mention, I think one thing that goes beyond just establishing the friendships and one of the things that I loved and, you know, helped me fall in love with hip hop was hip hop bridged the gap between cultures and races, right? It really did. Uh, I'm not going to sit here and say that we all were in harmony singing We Are the World in 1986 or in the 80s or in the early 90s for that matter. I'm not going to sit here and tell you that. Race relations weren't always that good. You know, they were pretty bad. But the one thing that I think with groups like and I don't, I'm, I'll just use Run DMC, for example, because they got a lot of major airplay on, on MTV, even before Walk This Way. But what happened was when they started showing up in concerts, then you start seeing kids from the suburbs because hip hop and rap was always something that was just for the streets. And even though I wasn't from the streets, <laughs> living in South Carolina, where there were no streets, well, there were streets, but you get my point. Um, it was hip hop started it. It started in the Bronx. It was supposed to be, you know, just really for that culture and for that, you know, it was more or less about a pride and neighborhoods and things of that nature. And it ventured out, and then it reached the suburbs. And now you got these white kids that love the music just as much as we did. And you know what? Nobody was tripping. Nobody was like, yo, you can't like this. We thought it was cool that they liked it. That made it even better. That made it even better. And again, this is just some of the reasons why and how you end up falling in love with hip hop. This is why I fell in love with hip hop, because it just it did so much for me and the culture. So, so much. I tell you what, we're going to take a quick commercial break. We'll be right back and we'll wrap up this podcast. Hang on a second. We'll be right back. (laughs) 
Please calm down. The music and everything, everything. Said, um, I went and bought me an outfit today that costed a lot of money today. You know what I mean? Because I figured that Wu-Tang was going to win. I don't know how y'all see it, but when it comes to the children, Wu-Tang is for the children. We teach the children. You know what I mean? Puffy is good, but Wu-Tang is the best. Okay? I want y'all to know that this is ODB and I love you all. Peace. I'm confused now. <laughs> and with that, I'm back. <laughs> Shout out to ODB. Rest in peace. Um, like I was saying before the break, man, it, it, it's I think it, there's there's a lot of ways, and, and and to be honest, I could go on and on and on for days for why I fell in love with hip hop. One of the other reasons why I fell in love with hip hop is because the music just feels good, right? I mean, like I think at at its core, I think hip hop music, at least for me, rap, hip hop, whatever you want to call it, it, it's feel good music, and. Every time I hear a song like Eric B for President, every time I hear a song like, you know, Children's Story or whatever, whatever the, the song is, I, I now you guys know me. I'm very partial to classic hip hop. That's not to say that I don't listen to a lot of stuff from today. I don't. Not as much as most people do. I'm going to be honest. Um, I know my era and I kind of stick to my era and it's not there's no knock on the current era. I just love my era. And trust me, if someone listening to this podcast uh, is from, you know, fell in love with hip hop from this era, then trust me, their podcast or, or what they're saying would sound exactly like what I'm saying, but they would just be talking about different artists. Simple as that. But I think one of the things that always appealed to me is that the music makes me feel good. I mean, like, I, I can't be any more clear than that it it is truly truly feel good music you could put on a record right you could be in a let's just put you in a club or a lounge and you put on a song like i don't know quiet storm <laughs> mob d man when that piano starts playing I've seen it personally. <laughs> you better get, if you're not on the dance floor, if you're near the dance floor, you got to get the hell away from the dance floor because people will run you over, mostly women. That's their joint. And they love Little Kim's part, right? I just think like music, it, it just, it has the capabilities. And this particular music, you know, from whatever era that you listen to primarily, it should make you feel good at the at its very least when done properly music should it should it should stir up some type of emotion and it's just feel good music i mean if you hear a song like i don't know um you got to chill you gotta do the wop <laughs> you gotta do the wop i mean like every time or or when you hear it a lot of times, particularly on where you are as far as your level of fandom of the genre, you know, it's going to take you back to when you first heard it. I mean, like there's very few songs, especially very few classic songs that I hear that I don't harken back to when I heard them for the first time. 
And it's that nostalgia that makes you feel good about feel-good music. I think hip-hop and rap should inspire. It has inspired millions of us. You are listening to one right now. I've drawn off that. I've, I, 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 <laughs> I can't tell you how much I've been able to take from the music. But it's, it's feel-good music. I don't ever want to put on hip-hop and not feel good. I don't, honestly. I mean, if I can't put on hip hop and feel good about what I'm listening to, then it doesn't need to be in my ears, honestly. Now that's just me. Some people listen to it for other different reasons. I'm not here to talk about that. I'm just telling you why I fell in love with hip hop, right? And you can tell you know, when you go places, parties or whatever, clubs, lounges, whatever, whatever place where you go to listen to with music, concert halls, what have you. When a DJ plays a certain song, whatever that song may be, it could be it takes two. It could be, I don't know, um, Light as a Rock. It could be Triumph by Wu-Tang, whatever the song is. When the song drops and you hear people go, Oh, you know, (laughs) that's the joint. That's the jam. So it's like, it's going to make you feel good. It's going to pack the dance floors. It's going to make you sweat. It's going to make you bring out all kinds of emotions. I just, I remember (laughs) some years ago, probably about 10, probably 15 years ago or whatever. Like I would go to clubs and there was this one particular club here in Atlanta where I live and I would go to that club and I did not care if any woman in the joint danced with me. I would go dance in the middle of the damn dance floor and I would have a ball because the DJ would throw on that classic hip hop or he'd go through his little sets and you know you know what I mean by sets where he'd get, you know, play the East Coast set and then he'd play the little West Coast set, that down South set. And it's all like music from the 80s and the 90s. Man, I would like lose my mind. I, I didn't care who was dancing. I mean, like you could dance with me. And, and most times women would come and dance with me. Um, because I can dance. Um, <laughs> shout out to the running man. Um, <laughs> no, nah, nah, I don't do the running man. Uh, but seriously, I mean, like I just really, in, in, I mean, like when you're in that kind of zone, you don't care about who's watching you. You don't care. You're just loving the music. And you just feel the vibe and energy in the room. And I think that's one of the things that always impressed me about hip hop is that someone could write something down on a particular day and you could hear it two, three, four months later and understand and vibe to exactly what it was that they were saying when they wrote it. That's one of the beauties of music. And it's truly one of the beauties of hip hop. One of the other things I loved and fell in love about hip hop because hip hop had something to say. I mean, it really had. I mean, like one of the first songs that I remember was outside. I think probably the second rap song that I memorized. I mean, everybody memorized Sugar Hill Gang. Um, You know, everybody remembers rapper. Everybody remembered Rapper's Delight. But for me, it was the message. That was the first song that I memorized. And. I mean, Melly Mel paints a picture of what it's like to be in a ghetto or what it's like to 
to, to, to smell the stench of pissy hallways and, and, and crack vials and everything like that. I mean, like he really, really paints a beautiful picture of art, right? And for someone like me who grew up in South Carolina, I didn't know about that, but he took me there. That's the beauty of hip hop. And that's why I fell in love with it, because it was able to take me different places that I'd never gone before. It was able to take me to different levels that I'd never seen before. That's why you love hip hop, because it takes you to some place that you've never been before. And you got to love it. You got to love that high. And I'm sorry I keep referring to it as drugs, but that's what it is. It's a drug. It's a drug that you can't get rid of. And lastly, man, one of the main reasons why I fell in love with hip hop was that hip hop had an identity, right? And it was an identity that I could relate to. It was an identity that all of my friends could relate to. It looked, breathed, walked, talked, smelled just like us. And to me, that was dope as hell. That art form, that culture looked just like me, walked just like me, talked just like me. I had a, you know, whatever it was, I felt it. And more importantly, it felt me back. So when you saw KRS-One perform and you saw him freestyle for 15 minutes, you knew that the energy that you were giving him, he was giving it right back to you. And that's dope. That's hip hop. That's why you fall in love. So I think it's it's a lot of things. And again, I could I could talk about this forever, but I'm not. I just think like you, you have to really, really ask yourself sometimes, why did I fall in love with hip hop? For me, it's kind of simple. I fell in love with something that I could gravitate towards and something that accepted me and accepted everything that I was doing. And it was doing some of the same things that I was doing. It was something that motivated me. It was something that elevated me to the next level. It was something that I could look on and gain a sense of inspiration and pride from. Made me feel good. Made me shake my ass. (laughs) It brought out so many emotions. And it still does. And to be honest, it always will. And again, as I mentioned at the top, we all have different reasons for for why we fell in love with hip hop. I just gave you a few of mine. After you listen to this podcast, I want you to sit, sit down and think about it. Like, what is it? Why is it that you love hip hop as much as you do? Hip hop brought me to a lot of different places, both mentally, physically and emotionally. And that's what it's supposed to do. Hip-hop will never die. It'll never die. People say, oh, hip-hop is dead. No, it ain't dead. And, you know, you'll have some people say, oh, well, the real hip-hop. I mean, I get it. But what's my hip-hop and and what is your hip-hop might be two different things. I can't rock out the Waka Flocka and the Migos. If that's how you do it, then, you know, okay. You don't need me to tell you it's whack. (laughs) 
I have my opinion. You might think Curtis Blow is whack. I don't know. I don't care. I mean, it doesn't matter. And that's one of the, that's one of the beauties about hip hop. There's there's more than enough room at hip hop's table. I've seen a lot of come and I've seen a lot of go. A lot go from hip hop's table. But there's more than enough room for everybody at hip hop's table. So I'm not as quick to you know I for people who like that type of music, you know, hey, to each his own. I can only tell you what works for me. I can tell you how and why I fell in love with the music. And one thing that I do know is that 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 feeling never leaves you. When you hear a record being scratched, that feeling never leaves you. When you feel the crowd and the energy in the room, when uh, when your song comes on, whatever, whatever, quote unquote, whatever your song is, that never leaves you. I promise you, I could be 70 years old still talking about hip hop. I could still be telling you about what's 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 tight and what's dope, and I'm still gonna be talking in those type of slang terms even at 70. It never leaves, man. It never leaves. It has come a long way from an art form that was that many people thought was just gonna be a fad. Hip hop never dies. Never dies. And to be honest, I still love her. I may not like some of the things around hip hop. I may not like some of the people in hip hop. But I still love her. Always have. Always will. That's going to do it for me. Thank you for listening to another edition of the 12 Kyle podcast. I'm your boy, 12 Kyle. I'll holler at you next time. 5,000.